Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, and my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. And today's episode, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be sharing diving deep and letting you know the secrets of how I saved £40,000 in seven years. I'm going to go deep. I'm going to tell you everything. Now, for those of you that have been listening for a while, you will know my story. But for those of you that are new here, I'm going to give you a recap. I'm going to tell you my background and what went down. Now, I saved £15,000 from the ages of 19 to 22 spent it all traveling, no regrets, hashtag no regrets. And then I saved another £25,000 from the ages of about 24 to 27. So if you add that up, it's about seven years that I saved a total of £40,000. And I'm going to share with you how I did it. Now, one of the first things is I want to say I was delusional. As a 19-year-old, when I set myself up as with a goal to say I'm going to save 15K, like, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to do it. I was like, fuck yeah, this is like, yeah, so easy. Oh my God, I can do it. Like, I tricked myself into believing that. And I also then built a savings habit that was fucking rock solid. The power of your habits is actually insane. Like, your life is literally your habits. And one of my favorite big books, <laughs> bigs? One of my favorite books in the whole world is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've spoken about it many a time in talks, workshops, podcasts, the lot. You'd think that I had an affiliate link. Maybe I should reach out to him. Anyway, really powerful stuff. And he talks about making your, the the power of habits, right? And 1% gains. So if you're 1% better every day, the importance of what you're going to gain over a longer period of time. And to add to this, I also believed that I was a saver. You have to believe that you can save the money that you're setting out to save. You have to fucking convince yourself and your brain that you are so capable of it. Now, I saw myself as a saver, but I just didn't really realize it at the time. I I didn't realize that that's how I viewed myself, but I honestly truly believed that I would hit the goal that I set myself. And so what happened was my behavior aligned with how I felt with how I viewed myself. Now, let me break it down for you, right? If you are saying one thing uh, consistently, let me start that again. Let me break it down for you. If you are saying one thing consciously, aka, I want to save more money or I want to reach this savings goal, but your money beliefs and your money mindset, which is all subconscious, do not align with this conscious thought, do you know who is going to win out of the two? It's your subconscious all day long. It's always going to win. It's powerful. It has years of programming and it is doing shit on autopilot that you do not even realize. 
apparently about 95% of our actions and behaviours throughout the day are actually subconscious. They're running on autopilot. How mad is that? So if you wake up and you say, I want to save my money today, but bam, you get to the end of the day and you spent the money you wanted to save, right? For whatever reason, something inside of you is not a lot, a lot aligned with what you are saying you consciously want. And alignment is key. And I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the like, I don't even know what it is, analogy of the elephant and the rider. So let's say you've got an elephant and then you've got the rider on top and the rider wants to go to the right and the elephant wants to go to the left. Who's going to win? It's going to be the elephant because the elephant is bigger and it's the one in control. And the elephant is your emotional, like subconscious brain. And the rider is your like logical conscious thinking brain. So the two have to align. Now, I always talk about like your brain is a survival uh, machine, right? It wants to keep you alive. That's the whole point of your brain. And or your whole, the whole point of your, um, like the core function of your brain, should I say, is to keep you alive, to keep you safe. And when it thinks it's in danger, danger, when there's perceived danger or perceived threat, it knows that it just needs to react if instinctively to save you. So if it thinks there's a bear or a tiger about to eat you, it's going to instinctively make you start to run or get ready to fight. It doesn't need to know why. It doesn't need to know the what. It just needs to know there is a threat. I need to respond. And that is the power of the subconscious. It just does it without you even recognizing or knowing. Now, obviously, this is based on if there's a threat, but it does it just in general on a day-to-day basis because your brain is a pattern-seeking, yeah, pattern-seeking machine. So it tries to conserve energy and reserve or conserve. I don't think conserve is a word. It's trying to reserve energy by figuring out and predicting the future. It's trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Is there a way that I can cut a corner and come to a quick answer solution um, response without needing to actively think? Because your conscious brain uses up a fuck ton of energy to think. So to think logically, it uses up a lot of energy. So therefore your brain is like, right, let's cut some corners. Let's figure out what's the pattern here and how do I respond quickly? Because it thinks that those things that keep happening over and over again are the best way to do the best things to do because it's going to keep you safe. It's going to keep you away from threats. But a lot of the time that behavior isn't always aligned with what it is that we exactly want because we always act from a place of emotion and emotions are stored in your amygdala, which is a part of the brain in the limbic system. And the limbic system is the subconscious part of your brain. It's like the reptilian brain. Um, it's, the, it's, it's like part of the old part of your brain. And it stores memories and it stores emotions. And our behavior is being driven by that emotion from our subconscious. And it's being driven from what it has been programmed to do and to think. So if your experiences as a child create the experience that money was painful or if you stored a lot of negative and painful emotions around money or towards money, and this has created you to, has caused a belief or a feeling for you to fear money and feel like there was never enough, over time, your automatic response to spending or saving are going to come from your subconscious. And if you fear money, it's going to make you get rid of it as quick as possible, or it might make you feel guilty and hoard money because you feel like there's never enough. And it's coming from a deep subconscious place because your your subconscious brain will take over and be like, there's a threat to the system. Um, money is a, you have a fear, you know, it's, it's threatening us. What do we do? How do we react instinctively? So you have to find a way 
and do the things to align your subconscious with your conscious. And this is where the money mindset work comes in. Now, when I was saving years ago, my own beliefs around money was that it was so hard to make. And this is what caused me to like hoard so much of it. Kind of handy though, because it meant I saved a shit ton of money. Thank you. But it was all coming from a place of lack and, and, and scarcity. Do you know what I mean? Like I used to, I remember I, um, I had a job at Argos when I was 16. I was team leader, jewelry team leader. And I remember really clearly like payday coming around, being really excited to have payday, but then also being really scared because I was like, you know, what do I do with this money? I need to save some of it. I don't want to spend it all. I would get, I'd, you know, at 16, 17, I was like scared to spend money on certain things. And it just proves how all of that was so subconscious and deep, like rooted because you didn't get taught this stuff at school. Do you know what I mean? You were just learning it based on your own experiences. And it's, it was, it's really interesting to like look back on and see where my head was at with money at that moment in time. And you'll all have things like, think about back to your like first job, whether it was like a paper round when you were 14, whether you worked as, you know, most of us worked in either like customer services and retail or like hospitality. So like waitering or bar work or whatever that looks like. And think about how you felt when you got that paycheck. Were you thinking like, yes, did you like go out and spend it all straight away because you've been waiting for it and then you end up spending the next three weeks waiting for your next paycheck? Were you like, oh my God, what do I do with this money? Did you save it? Did you spend it? Like, how did you feel about it? And do you still feel the same way? So if you're older now and you're, you know, in your 20s or 30s and you've got a regular income, do you feel the same way about your paycheck? Are you acting the same way with your paycheck? And that is really important information to be able to figure out where your mind, money mindset is at. And now the second time round, when I saved uh, the, the 25k, it was all coming from a place of habit and trust because I was like, yo, I saved 15 grand before. Why can't I do it again? So I really believed on a deep subconscious level because I'd created this evidence for myself that I could save. So I was like, oh, I've already done this. Like I'm good. And what happened is I was aligning my subconscious wants or behaviors with my conscious once. So I wanted to save that 25k. I already had ta taught my body and my subconscious that actually like saving money is a good thing. I can do it. It's I'm worthy of it. And therefore I was able to repeat the process. You feel I turned that habit of saving into something that actually benefited me and made me work towards my financial goals. And it felt good. Now to add to this, if I'm honest, I didn't actually put any time pressure on myself with my savings goals. Like I was saving as much as I could, but I was just like, yeah, let's just get there. Let's just get that money. Now, the good thing about having timelines for your goals is that practically it allows you to work out exactly how much to save. You could say, I want £12,000 in 12 months, you know you need to save £1,000 a month. And then you can really question yourself, is that too much? Am I being over-realistic? Over -real over -realistic? What's the over? Am I trying to do too much, basically? Is that unrealistic? <laughs> um, like, and, and it allowed, because there's nothing where I had a client once who said to me, they were on a 35K salary. They didn't have a side hustle or anything else. And they wanted to save 60K by the next year. And I was like, you, you don't make that much in a year though. So where's that money going to come from? And it would sometimes the practical side of really understanding how much do I have? How much can I put aside every month is really important. But then also it can be, if you put, if you're too strict with your timelines, it can be quite restrictive. 
because you might be like, oh, I haven't given myself enough time. So it really depends because if you've got a holiday coming up and you need, you know, 700 pounds to go to Ibiza in June next year, well, you have to have that timeline. But if you're like, I'm saving for a house and I want to move out within the next few years, you can be a little bit more, um, I guess, flexible with your timeline. So it's really just finding what works for you. Mine, um, I've definitely... I've definitely done both because I've had things that I've needed to save for like holidays and trips and stuff like that. But then I've also just been like, I'm just going to save and see where I get to. So both, both are, um, both are possibilities depending on how you like to work. And now to add to this, right, I've said it before and I will say it again, but the best financial tip I've ever, I say been given, but I didn't actually get given it. I figured it out myself is to pay yourself first. Like every month without fail, my 19, 20, 22 year old self, I would pay myself first. I would get paid. It would always be the 15th of every month. And I would sit down on the day I'd come into work, I'd open up my little spreadsheet. I'd look to see where my money needed to go that month. And I would move money into my savings. And I got so much fucking joy out of it. I loved it. I would like put it over there, I'd see the money in my savings be even higher. And I'd be like, oh my God, yes. And then I would just spend what was left over, not the other way around. Now, obviously things were cheaper back then but then also I was on like a 12k salary so it all balances out do you know what I mean so paying yourself first is so important connect with that future version of yourself I remember I would literally visualize myself being at drama school all dressed in black rolling around on a drama school hall floor like pretending to be a cat or something because obviously that's what got me off (laughs) um and yeah, it re- it really like motivated them, motivated me. Now the really ironic thing of this, right, is like going to drama school really was a dream of mine because I wanted to be an actress so bad. And yet when I decided to go traveling instead of drama school, so I had like two weeks to decide, I really started to reflect on my behavior and assess like how I'd been showing up for myself when it came to auditioning for drama school. Now I did get into one and like I said, I had a place, but when I thought about some of the auditions that I'd done and the way that I prepped for them, I definitely, my heart wasn't as in it as much as I thought it was. So it was quite an interesting time for me because when I reflected, I was like, you know, I went, I auditioned at some of the, like the best drama schools in the UK and some of the auditions I really fluffed up or I didn't prepare properly I guess it was a little bit self-sabotage but I think there was also a part of me that because I'd started earning money and I realized I was something good at something else and I'd never really had a regular paycheck like all of those things I knew I was about to to take a step back because I was like I'm not gonna have an income I'm gonna be an actor in London I'm gonna be struggling you know all those things and it freaked me out and I think also it's like my I don't know, maybe on a deep subconscious level, there was a part of me that didn't want to go, but it was, I wanted to go enough that it pushed me to save 15 grand. And really that's all that mattered. Cause then I had the 15 grand to go traveling and it changed my life. So it's a win for all. Right. And finally, I had regular money dates with myself. I was constantly checking in on my progress against my goals. What was working, what wasn't, what felt good, what didn't. And I got a lot of joy out of it. I liked reflecting. I used to look at it really non-judgmentally and be like, hmm, was, what, why didn't that work? Did that work? How did that make me feel? Also, I'm a very reflective person. Like I started the self-help world of personal development when I was like 18. And I remember my old drama school teacher who, not drama, yeah, drama school, like weekend school. So not like school, school. Old drama school teacher who's now one of my best friends who I live with. She gave me a book 
called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. It's a fucking incredible book. It's all about tapping into your creativity and like discovering who you are on a creative level. And you have like these artist dates and you start journaling every day. And I literally, it's, it's helped me have my journaling practice. And I really was, I was so, I was, you know, really reflective. I was like looking at my behavior, questioning myself, like all of these things. So when that opportunity did come around, I was really able to look back and reflect and be like, oh, how did that make me feel? How did saving make me feel? How was saving and spending my money? You know, I was really able to ask myself all those questions. Like I said, I didn't really realize I was doing it at the point at the time and that I was like um, molding my own money mindset. But I just thought, I just find it fascinating. It's so fascinating. I also remember, oh my God, I remember at that age, I would, I used to share a room with my sister for pretty much, well, always. I always shared a room with my sister up until I literally left home. And um, so I would have been like 18 or 19, living at home and, you know, trying to save drama school. I've got this full-time job. And I would wake up at like 6 a.m. or whatever time. And I would lie on my bedroom floor. We used to have this little butter's pink rug that I used to lie on and um I'd have a little torch and I would sit and I would journal and I'd write like full-on a a4 pages of just stuff just whatever came out of my mouth my hand whatever was coming out of my hand um and I still have those journals now maybe I'll go through them I can imagine they're quite intense I can imagine they'll probably make like there was things that were going on in my life that were really sad but there are also some really really cool things so I wonder I mean I should bring them out maybe I'll have a read of them if there's any juicy stuff I can bring into the podcast <laughs> anyway so to round up they are some of the secrets it's really about changing the way that you view yourself having money dates with yourself paying your first and paying yourself first and aligning your consciousness with your subconscious and making sure that the two align because then your behavior is going to align. I hope you found that episode useful. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for listening. Every single one of you I love and care about so much. and I'm so grateful. And if there's anybody you feel would be, would enjoy this podcast or would help this, would need help from this podcast. Jesus, kind of get my words out. You know what I'm saying. Send it over because the more people I can get it out to, the more people we can help. So yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a lush week and um, speak to you next week. Mwah.